Thank you for listening to The Fool for Christ. Again, I'm sorry about last week. I guess my microphone cut out. It's, But I, anyways, it's Christmas season. I mean, it's December. A reason to rejoice. A reason to remember the good things in life. But also a reason to remember that we are called to be like Christ. I was thinking about this today. Uh, I'm writing my sermon for Sunday. It's, uh, I'm talking about Mary's, the revelation to Mary how Jesus, I'm sorry, how Gabriel the Archangel reveals that she would be blessed among all women and that she would give birth to the Savior and so forth and so on. And I, as I was sitting there thinking about that, I kept thinking about the reality of Mary being called highly favored by God. And then I led me to Isaiah 66, I believe it's verse 2, where it talks about those who are favored by God are those who have a contrite spirit, who are humble. And that really just hit me and said, you know what? We don't have to have magical powers to be favored by God. We just have to be people who are seeking his will. People who can humble ourselves enough to say, hey, you know what? If I'm honest for a minute, I want what I want. And then I need to repent of that. I need to agree with God that what I want is not the best. And that what he wants is way better. Now, we also need to understand that what he wants for us is to bring him glory. That's our purpose in life. We've talked about that before on the podcast. But that goes to the root of everything, right? It goes to the root of how we behave as husbands, wives, children, so forth and so on. If we're living for the glory of God, then we'll do things in a better way. But ultimately, Mary, she was a person who found favor with God. And finding favor with God is not some kind of crazy math experiment or um, science experiment. Finding favor with God, in the Bible at least, is fairly simple. Um, It's honoring him. It's humbling ourselves. Now, we live in a very proud society. A place where humility is not often valued. And those who are humble are often taken advantage of. I'm dealing with somebody right now and he's going through something very difficult in his life and he's been humbled by something. But those who have not been humbled by the situation um, try to steamroll him all the time because he just says, you know what? This isn't worth fighting over. There are more important things in life. And it's just so sad. But what I often tell that person, and what I'm going to tell you right now, is that when we humble ourselves, God takes care of it all. God takes care of it all. He knows what people are doing, what they're not doing. He knows if people are abusing us, if they're misusing us, if they're mistreating us. And at the end of the day, regardless of what they call themselves, God will hold them accountable. Just like he'll hold me accountable for how I act towards his people, Christians. How do I treat my fellow brother in Christ? How do I treat my fellow sister in Christ? God knows what's in my heart. He knows there are times where I'm just weak and I fall short. The Bible's clear. All fall short of the glory of God, right? And so I repent and he forgives me because uh, he's already forgiven that deepest need of mine to be in connection and relationship with him. And he did that through the cross. So of course he can, he's going to forgive the rest of this stuff, right? But the bottom line is this. If my heart is wicked... I have not been truly transformed by God. If my heart is proud, then I have to ask myself a question. Have I really been transformed by God? Because the Bible is quite clear that um, pride goeth before the fall. Satan was proud. Satan had pride in his heart. 
He wanted his way. He was the chief musician. He wanted to be honored for his abilities, his talents, his gifts. And he wanted to be honored above God. And that led to his downfall. And that's what happens to us as well, regardless of what we call ourselves. What I mean by that is somebody can say they're a Christian. Satan was an angel, for goodness sakes. Somebody can say they're a Christian. But if their heart is filled with pride, it's only a matter of time before they fall in a very similar way that Satan fell. Now, the glorious thing for us is that, unlike Satan, we can repent. We can turn back to God. We can let our hearts be transformed by the cross of Jesus. But the question is, why does it take us so long to do that? You know, I've been in ministry now for over 10 years. And there have been people who have been Christians longer than I've been alive. I'm 38 years old now. I've run into people who have been Christians or claim to be Christians for 50, 60, 70 years. And these individuals, some of them, not all of them, some of them, a minority of them, I might say, a minority of them, the loud minority, the minority of them are people who you look at them and say, has your heart ever been transformed by the personal revelation of Jesus Christ? Look at Mary. So again, in Mary, in Luke, Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2, but specifically Luke chapter 1, when Mary see, has that revelation, and I'll talk about this on Sunday, so if you're listening to this and go to church, she might be bored on Sunday. But Mary, when Mary has that revelation from the Lord, her response is to give God glory. When Gabriel says, you are blessed among all women, you'll give birth to the Savior, her response is confusion. But then after confusion subsides, her response is to bring God glory. She goes and finds Elizabeth, and you find Mary, who's Magnificat, and she just praises God for what he has done. And he, she recognizes that it wasn't because of her. She didn't do anything special other than what every Christian, every child of God should be doing humbling themselves before the Lord, seeking his desires and not our own. And the Lord used her in a mighty way. And Romans chapter 8 tells us that God can use us however he wants. How can the clay say to the potter, why did you form me this way in Romans chapter 8? So God uses Mary for his glory. And he uses her in a good way because her heart was prepared. Her heart was ready to serve the Lord. Now, if we're asking a question of ourselves, Lord, why haven't you used me yet? We might need to ask, have I taken the time really to, to seek what the Lord wants for me? Not just for me. See, even that, that's a selfish way of saying it, isn't it? Think about that. Have I, have I taken the time to think about what the Lord wants for me? What's the issue there? It's not about you. <laughs> isn't that crazy? It's not about you. So even our way of talking, because that's a very Christianese way of talking. I said it without even thinking. But it's not about you. It's not, what does the Lord want for me? Mm. It's what, how does the Lord want to use me for his glory? You see, it's about his glory, not mine. So if I'm a plumber, I'm a plumber for his glory. I don't care if I'm a plumber, because I'm a plumber for his glory. If I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher for his glory. Not because, oh, this is my path he placed me on, and blah, 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 blah. What it is is, no, no, I'm walking this path for the glory of God. And I, that means if I'm a plumber, I am satisfied being a plumber because it's for his glory. That means if I'm a teacher, I am satisfied being a teacher because it's for his glory. If I'm a pastor, I'm satisfied being a pastor because it's for his glory. Because it's not about us. Mary recognized it wasn't about her at all. And it was all about God. 
So that's how that stood out to me. And I'm probably going to preach something very similar. Or I hope it's similar. But today I pray that you will humble yourself before the Lord. That you would find favor in his sight. By going before his throne boldly. And letting him renew and transform your heart. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. And by the way, I hope you have a blessed Christmas season. And don't be that crazy person who yells at everybody for saying happy holidays or something like that. Instead, just turn to them with a smile and say, God bless you. Merry Christmas. Not as a stinker, but because you love them and you want to bring God glory. I say it all the time at church. Um, uh, Tigger, you know, remember from Winnie the Pooh, brings God way more glory than Eeyore. All right? So don't be an Eeyore out there this Christmas season. My house is falling down again. Don't do that. Hey, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you too. You see, I don't need to fight with somebody. Happy holidays. Hey, thank you. Merry Christmas to you too. God bless you. You see that? That was positive. So again, may God bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name, amen.